unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Raw and Unscripted Show. I am your host, Christopher Roush, where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Thank you for joining us tonight. Whether you're here live on the video cast or you're watching us on the replay or you're listening to us on the audio podcast in one of any 20 different countries. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us here tonight. Appreciate you guys showing back up. We are on show number 221 here of the Ron and, Strick, Ron and Scripted Club, Ron and Scripted Podcast. Sorry, I'm a little off my game today and I'll explain why here in just a second, but just thank you guys all for being here. Appreciate you. The podcast is continuing to grow. We are on the top 15% of podcasts globally, which I'm very, very proud of and thankful for. And uh, it's all because of you guys, because everywhere in the country, you guys are slowly cropping up. We were in, I think we're in 20 different countries right now. And again, we're in the top 15%. So I appreciate you for helping support that, helping share that. And I really want to send this message out to people listening on the audio podcast. Please send me a message, Christopher at ChristopherRoush.com. Send me an email. Let me know what you like about the show. Let me know what you would like to see different about the show. What I'm doing right now is I'm really taking a step back on things and I'm looking and I'm analyzing what can I do to make things a little bit better. It's all about that continuous improvement. That's something we're going to be talking about here on the show tonight. Tonight, we don't have no guests. So it's just me and you talking about life and talking about resilience and really kind of talking about this. I've showed it to you before and I'm freaking proud of it. It's just you and me, kid. This book is the story of my life. And I'm happy to say that I actually, after three years, finished it on Friday. I actually finished editing it. I finished putting the pictures into it. I finished uh, reading it. And I really feel that I got it down to an amazing, amazing book that talks about the story of how I survived my life as a seventh grade homeless dropout who lived in the backseat of a station wagon with 18 cats and four dogs for four years, tried to commit suicide twice. Fortunately, I sucked at it. I had a book gun put to my head. Unfortunately for that, it caused me to take a step back and really analyze the priorities of my life. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is essentially the rules and the, and the, and the strategies that I incorporated into my life from the age of 17. And really before that, how I've been able to uh, survive a lot of the different abuse and neglect and situations that I've had in my life. Because when you apply these strategies, you too can become unstoppable. And that's what I preach about. You guys see it all the time. My wristbands, I've got them here on both of my arms, but just, I, I do a poor job of marketing, but I sell these one says, believe because that's what you have to believe and no excuses. The crux of tonight's um, conversation is how did I get from being that seventh grade homeless dropout to now having a master's degree, having uh, abundance in my life, having a beautiful relationship. I've been with my wife for 21 years. I've been married for 16 years. I've got a beautiful son. I've got my dream car. I'm doing my dream job. I had a successful career in corporate. Uh, I've had a lot of abundance in my life. I had a lot of challenges in my life as well. So the strategies that we're going to be talking about here tonight are going to be applicable to you and wherever it is that you're in your journey and you choose to take whatever it is that, that you want to use. But I encourage you, I strongly, strongly encourage you, write stuff down, get a pen and paper, good old fashioned pen and paper and write stuff down. And from this conversation, take three strategies that you're going to hear tonight and apply them in your life and then tell me what's up. So we got these, believe and no excuses because that's exactly why I'm here today. And then we've got this other one. It's a smaller one. It says unstoppable and no excuses because really it is about no excuses. That's why I'm the no excuses coach. And the reason why I'm the no excuses coach is my coach had asked me one day, she said, why are you still here? If you had to narrow it down to a couple of things, why are you still here? And I, quite honestly, it didn't take me a second to think about it. I'm like, because I never gave myself excuses and I never stopped. 
And that's the show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the Raw Inscription. No, really, that's it. I didn't give myself any excuses. The third component of that is I believed. I had to believe. I had to, had to believe. Um, so yes, what is contained in this book? It's just you and me, kid. Uh, it's amazing. So now my wife is reading it. My wife has not read it. So I told her to read it. Or I asked her to read it. And I said, don't tell me anything until you're done reading it. Don't even say, oh, I like this part of it. What I'm having her do is go through the document and comment on that. And then in the end, she's going to give me some feedback on that. And then after that, it's going to go to the editors, have it professionally laid out and everything else. And then once that's done, it's going to be released this fall. So as always, I've been telling you guys this every single week. And I and I, I hate, I'm not a salesperson, but just go to the www.itsjustyouandmekid. It's all spelled out. It's I-T-S-J-U-S-T-Y-O-U-A-N-D. M-E-K-I-D.com. It's just you and me, kid.com. Go there, fill out the little form. You get on the priority to pre-sale distribution list. You get a bunch of extras for helping me make a bestseller and you get a copy of the book and whatever else I could throw in. If you want me to autograph it somehow, I will autograph it. Um, we'll make this happen because I'm so, so proud. I mean, this is a work in progress. I've started this process back in November of 2020. So after COVID hit, I just decided um, I was going to write a book. And one of my mentors, my dear friend, Patricia said, no, I need you to write your life story. I was going to write a, a book that I've been writing for a number of years called Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. And uh, she's like, no, 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 no. You need to really write your story, Chris. And it's one thing for me to tell you that I was homeless. And it's one thing to tell you that I dug through dumpsters for aluminum cans every day so we could eat. It's one thing to tell you that I had 18 cats in the car. It's one thing to tell you I had physical abuse when I was a kid. But to go and dig deep into those memories to be able to share them in the book in such a way that it places you in that scene. That's hard. That was hard. This is, this has been the toughest project of my life. And I have done some pretty tough projects in my life, both professionally and personally. I've been faced with a lot of challenging circumstances, but to go into detail about my life has been extraordinary. And there's been a couple of things that have happened out of that. I've had a lot of healing, a lot of growth from that. Most importantly, uh, I've been able to see my life and the experiences that I've had in my life much differently. And I've been able to find uh, some success strategies that we're going to be talking about here tonight that are going to be implementable to you uh, if you choose to do so. I've got Robert Broker in the house. What's up, Robert? Great to see you, brother. Hope you're having a great evening and enjoying everything. I've got Randy Chaffee in the house. What's up? He goes, look forward to this, brother. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate you. I miss you, man. Um, we got Christopher Kaysen in the house. What's up, Chris? Good to see you. Hey, congrats on your podcast. Congrats on your YouTube page, Passing 500. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. You know, it's just about taking those imperfect steps. Robert says here, I have been rescued now in Georgina, uh, up in Keswick on the lake. So peaceful up here. Congratulations, Robert. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And the other thing I want to implore upon you guys tonight, whether you're live or on the replay, is ask questions ask questions. You have me, the no excuses coach. People pay me a lot of money for me to coach with them. You can ask me any question about your life, wherever it is that you're stuck. I just want this to be an intimate conversation between you and I, like I said, there's no guest tonight. It's just us. I've listed out, um, a nice long list of different things that I've applied in my life that are, that are the reason why I'm sitting here today. And the God's honest truth is I will share this with you. I'm not sharing this publicly too much. So just keep this between you and I, um, I had a bit of a cardiac situation on Sunday. Uh, I am normally bulletproof. I'm normally hundred percent unstoppable. Like my wristband say, I'll, I'll put the link up as well. I don't know where the other one went. There was another one here a second ago. Um, I'll put a link up to you where you could buy that. But, uh, my unstoppableness got tested on Sunday. I woke up and I felt uh, not so good. And I thought, man, my pulse is really racing. I put on my, my, I, my, I watch and I looked down and my pulse was a hundred beats per minute, just sitting still, just waking up. And so it was kind of interesting. So I went, you know, let me go take my blood pressure, took my blood pressure and it was abnormally high. And I'm like, okay, let me just sit down and take it easy today and let me monitor it. So every couple of hours I would take it and it would be higher. 
a couple hours later, it would be higher. And I was just sitting still on the couch. So I'm telling I'm sharing this with you. I really don't go share my medical stuff publicly or my challenges publicly all the time. Um, but it kept going up and I started getting a little bit scared when it got to be 117 over hundred or 217 over 111. Um, I started Googling and I was like, Oh my God, that's not good. And it kept going up. And so I reached out to a friend of mine and her husband is a surgeon and they immediately told me I needed to go to the emergency room. And if you know me, I hate hospitals. I spent a lot of time in hospitals with my mother, which you will read in this book. Plenty, plenty. It's by the way, it's Dave Grohl's book on the back. There's another story about that. Um, so yeah, I've spent lots of times in uh, a lot of time in emergency rooms, a lot of time in hospitals, convalescent care facilities. I've taken people to the emergency room. I personally haven't been to an emergency room for myself since I was probably about four years old when my mom slammed on the brakes and my head hit the windshield and cracked the windshield and I went in for a concussion. Um, so for me to go to the hospital, that's huge. That's huge. But because of the love and the care and the concern of my friends, I walked downstairs at 4.30 on Sunday. My wife was super tired. And I said, I hate to spoil the plans for today, but I need you to take me to the emergency room. And she knew what was going on, but I didn't, wasn't honest with her with about the numbers because I knew if I told her the numbers, she would freak out and be like, oh my God, we got to go. And I was like, it's going to go down. It's going to go down. It's going to go down. Believe, 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 believe. It's going to go down. It's going to go down. It's going to go down. It wasn't going down. And uh, I'm not one to fuck around, but I tend to push things to the limit. And so uh, long story short, I did go to the emergency room. Unfortunately, she couldn't go in with me. Seven hours later, I was released and they did an EKG. They did blood test. They listened to my heart. Uh, they did an x-ray and they said, we're not sure what's going on. So we're going to give you these pills and you take it and go see your primary doctor. Um, I really wasn't happy with that. I asked them to do an ultrasound. They wouldn't do it. They didn't think there was any reason for it. I think that's bullshit. I'm not very big fan of our medical healthcare system here in the United States. Uh, let's just say that. And I'm not very happy with doctors who practice medicine and who think it's their best interest is to say, no, we don't need to do that. So <clears throat> fortunately, my blood pressure is stabilized, but it is still very, very high. I don't feel very good as you can hear in my voice, um, but I don't. I don't not show up. I've showed up for every single one of these episodes. There's been periods where I've played replays for you guys if I was on vacation or something like that, but we show up, we show up. I want you to show up every day in your life, whether you feel like it or not, take imperfect action every single day. Um, so as far as I'm concerned right now, my, my blood pressure is stabilized. I have a call into a cardiologist to have an appointment with them. Hopefully it doesn't go up any higher. If it does go up any higher, I'll have to go back to the emergency room because that can potentially mean um, a or aortic aneurysm or potentially a stroke. So I've done my fair share of research. I've been around medical technology and terminology all my life. My mother was, could have been a doctor easily. Um, so I'm not unfamiliar with that stuff. So I Googled it and researched it and found out what was going on. And again, I have people in the medical profession who are giving me advice. So I'm taking it super easy. <clears throat> but again, the reason why I share that with you is because some of these principles that I'm going to be talking about tonight, right now I'm employing in my life to get me through this particular situation, because we're all going to have situations in our life. We're all going to have bumps in our road where we're going to have to take a step back and like really, really evaluate what it is that we're doing, why we're doing it, and and to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And, and that's the funny thing is I do take care of myself. I exercise six times a week. I eat pretty good. I have my drink every once in a while. I quit taking marijuana. I quit taking a, a, a one of my low-dose uh, nerve pain medicines. You know, my body is fairly clean, and I think maybe that's what it is. It might be a reaction to that. But um, let's just get right into the tips. So anytime you guys have a question, please, please feel free to type it in the chat. Um, appreciate it. Um, let's see. Christopher says, uh, last time I was in the hospital was 2021 when I was getting random bruises and almost 
fell against a shelf at work. Uh, turned out I developed autoimmune that attacked my red blood cells. Very, very low numbers. Yeah, Chris, I'm glad you you take care of that. You guys got to listen to your body. You got to listen to your intuition. Um, again, I don't want to go to a hospital. I was like scared to death that they might inhibit me and I have to do all these procedures because they felt they wanted to. So it was a very weird situation, but I felt very, very, very bad for all the people that were in the emergency room who were very sick. And, uh, and one guy was like ready to pass out in front of me. I felt bad for him. So, you know, take care of yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, that's the first and foremost, you have to take care of yourself. And I think I've done a pretty good job of that, but for whatever reason I'm experiencing this situation and I just have to ask myself, what am I supposed to be learning from this? If you take nothing else from this conversation tonight, ask yourself when you're in those challenging situations, what am I supposed to be learning from this? And then also remember that everything that has happened and everything that is happening is preparing us for what's next. So I have no idea what's next. I don't know if I'm going to drop dead two seconds from now. I hope not. If I do, I've lived a great life. I'm very proud of it. I will feel horrible for my son and my wife. Trust me on that. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to continue to march on and take care of myself and do the best I possibly can. But again, what am I supposed to learn from this? Maybe there's some areas where I can release some tension and some anger and some animosity. Maybe, maybe part of my situation, and you guys know me, I'm not a nice guy. I'm a super loving guy. Whether you believe in, in Trump, whether you believe in Biden, whether you fucking believe in vaccinations, not vaccinations, or you fucking black, white, straight, gay, you have rainbows shooting out of your ass. I love everybody. And that's one of the things that I pride myself on is I, when I post and I do things, I get in your ass a little bit, but you've noticed I've never been divisive. If you notice, you go look through all my social media posts, all my videos, everything else. I am pretty much, I respect where people are at because I trust that you guys have your opinion. I have my opinion, but in that, I know it stresses me out a little bit because I could be a lot more honest and I could really tell people what to do and where to go with some of their opinions, but I just choose to let people be who they are. Who knows? Maybe that, maybe holding that in is something that's incongruent to me and that's something I have to realize and just say what I need to say. And if people don't like me, then okay. It may suck, but maybe I just need to be a little bit more myself and not hold on to that. Oh, I got to be all loving and I got to be all this and I got to be all that. And trust me, that's who I am. But in my traditional nature, I'm street Chris. I mean, I could easily viscerate somebody verbally very quickly. That's, that's my nature, but I built in these filters to be able to say, Chris, is that going to really get you to where you want to go? Is that going to, is that going to win anything? Are you going to, you're going to win the battle and lose the war. So I've done all these things in my life to have very successful relationships, which we're going to be talking about here in a second. And I just share this with you because this is raw and unscripted. This is my show. This is who I am. And I put it out there for you guys because we're in this together. We're in this life together. And what I really want us to do is to be able to have the best life we could possibly have so we can help other people have a best life. That's what we need to do. There's more homeless situations going on. There's more mental health situations going on. There's more people that are at their wits end right now. They're watching the news and they're seeing the divisiveness. They're seeing the small town shit from Jason Aldean. They're seeing all this crap and they're getting all worked up about it. For what? For what? Does it really make that much sense? So I just wanted to get that off my chest and just let you guys know. I'll keep you posted on that. I'm not posting on social media, but I figured because this is my podcast and I keep it real, uh, I always want, guys want you guys to know that I'm being 100% honest. This is where I'm at. I feel like shit right now, but we keep bringing it. So let's just get right into it. One of the one of the first things I have to put on here is something that I talked about before. I always believed in my situations, you know, being homeless, being abused, I was bullied by kids on my street. I was bullied by kids at school. I never played sports. Um, I was just, I was just picked on. I had no self-confidence. I didn't speak up very much. I was stupid in class. I didn't have, uh, I had a hearing problem in my left ear, so I couldn't hear very well. I didn't, I couldn't see very well. I needed glasses. I didn't get glasses until I was 12 years old. So I did poorly in school. I got picked on. I got made fun of. I, if you, if my teachers and my friends could see me now, I'd be like, Oh my God, he turned out to be that he turned out to be him. 
they would, they would never believe it. But because I have proven myself and because I have continued to believe, I've always believed that tomorrow is going to be better. I've always had that faith. Tomorrow's going to be just a little bit better. Still to this very day, still to this very moment, I believe that when I wake up tomorrow, my blood pressure is going to be a little bit lower. When you have the belief in your brain and you can see it and you can feel it and that's what you're focused on, that shit starts to happen. But if I get all scared and worried, like, oh my God, what if I die when I'm sleeping? What if I, what if this, what if this, what if that? Then that's what I'm going to perpetuate. But instead I've had the belief, maybe tomorrow they won't beat me up. Maybe tomorrow somebody will ask me to play sports. Maybe tomorrow my mom won't smack me. Maybe tomorrow I'll be a little bit smarter. Maybe tomorrow I might have the right answer. Even when I was in college going through my bachelor's degree, I was going through uh, algebra and I'm not a math person, zero math person. I could write a book about math, but I could not do math. And so I was all proud of myself because everybody in my class was going up and doing word problems. And I told my teacher, I said, I suck at math, but I came into class one time and I really worked on the way we were doing this problem. And I went up to the front of the board. He goes, anybody want to do it? And I said, yeah. And his name was Majdan. I remember him vividly, vividly. I remember vividly. It was probably about 12 people in the class. It was my bachelor's program. And I said, I'm going to go up there and do it. And so I go up there and da, 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 da. it's a long problem. And X equals Y, blah, 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 blah. And I get down to the bottom and I'm like, fuck, I think I did. I did it. I turn around. I look at Majdan's face and he's got his arms crossed. And I look at everybody else and I'm like, and so Majdan says, did Christopher get it right? And they're like, mm-mm. Who wants to go up and help Christopher? Somebody raises their hand. They go up and they erase nearly three quarters of what I did. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. But again, I woke up the next day and I'm like, maybe today I'll get the answer right. Maybe today I'll just do a little bit better. I've always had that belief. That's why this says that you have to have that belief. Believe it's all happening for your greater good. Believe it's all happening to prepare us for what's next, right? So belief. One of the uh, number two, I always kept striving for just a tiny bit of improvement every day thirst for more knowledge about whatever I was going through. I never sat and waited for anyone else to save me. I just did imperfect action over and over and over again. So when you think about that, how can I get a little bit better today? If I kind of suck talking to people or, or talking to people in public, can I just say hi to someone today? Tomorrow, can I say hi to two people? The next day, can I say, hi, how are you? Then on the third day, can I continue that tiny imperfect action every single day? God's honest truth, guys. That's why I'm here. I've continued to do that. I've had that belief. I've taken that action. And I believe, can I just learn a little bit more today? Can I build on that today? Most people are just trying to get through the day. I'm trying to say, what can I do better? I'm watching videos. I'm reading books. I'm listening to discussions. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm watching documentaries. Every day, I'm getting a little bit smarter, a little bit brighter. Still to this day at 54 years old, I strive for myself to be that way. What can I understand? I was researching again, taking responsibility for my own body, my own health. I was researching what, I, what I'm going through right now. I sat there and said, okay, let me understand this. Let me look at the medications I'm taking. Or is there some sort of adverse reaction? What is going on? I've had COVID twice. Maybe it's COVID heart. I heard about that. I didn't believe in it. I don't think it is, but who knows? But I'm going out there and I have that thirst of knowledge to sit there and understand what's going on. And that's what I want for you guys. Number three, what's up, Scott? Good to see you, buddy. Uh, number three, I always did my best. I always did my best. I always worked my ass off and I always worked my face off uh, in all areas of where I went. I provided customer service to everybody in my life. And that's one of the other reasons why I'm successful. And I've been promoted so many times in my life. I had a great career in corporate. I was very successful. I became the director of operations at a company I started off at, at the lowest rung in the warehouse. And over that 26 years, I took on so many responsibilities, which I'm going to be sharing with you in a second. Um, Another thing, another thing I learned from watching documentaries and watching successful people because success leaves clues is I sat there and I thought, okay, what are, what can I do to make that person successful? 
right? So many times we're looking at what can I do to make myself seen? What can I do to get the validation? And I sat there and said, what can I do to make my boss a little bit more successful? What can I do to make my customer internally a little bit more successful? What can I do to make my staff a little bit more successful? What can I do to make my vendor a little bit more successful? So they would come in here. How can I make sure that they walk back to their boss and say, Hey, I got a, I got a great contract signed, but the customer also got a great deal. Always thinking about that. How can you serve somebody else and make their life a little bit better? Because when you do that, that comes back on you in so many different ways. So thinking about that, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been the person I am today. I'm looking at my notes, you know, thinking about it. I was seventh grade. I dropped out middle of seventh grade at 17 years old, 18, yeah, 17 years old, 18 years old. I went back and I got my GED again, thinking about what I just told you about my, my scholastic history. I did not think I was going to pass that GED. You know, when I think about the belief, the only belief I had is I just have to get through this and prove to this guy that I'm not going to be able to do this. That was the one area where I did not have any, any, any sense of self-worth or value or intelligence. I figured I was going to be working blue collar jobs for the rest of my life and living paycheck to paycheck. But as long as I wasn't on the streets, that was my whole goal. And so I went and got my GED. It took me six months to get my GED. It took me six months to make up from seventh grade to 12th grade, whatever they put in there. So I was actually pretty smart. I found out I was really smart once I could hear and once I could see bam, look at that. So I got that. So I got my GED. And then my, my mentor, my dear friend, mentor, uh, Bill White said, Hey, what about college? I'm like, what are you crazy? You want me to go to college? No way. But again, I took his belief and I, sometimes we have to do that. And I took his belief and I walked through the front doors. I was scared shitless. I will kid you not. I thought they were going to laugh at me. I thought they were going to say, there's no way I'm going to get, let a call it, let a GED guy come to, to school. And all I did was I walked in the door and I said, all I have to do is just ask this person, Hey, can I come to school here? I have a GED. That's all I have to do they say yes, then great. If they say no, no problem. And I went in and said, hi. I said, I don't really know what to do. I swear to God, I said this. I said, I don't know what to do. I said, but I'd like to come to school here. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Have you graduated? Are you, are you, are you, are you looking for a school to, after you graduate or have you graduated? And I said, yes, I've actually got my GED. She goes, oh, great. No problem. Blah, blah, blah. What are you interested in? And three hours later, I walked out with my first class, which was interpersonal communication. I had my books. I had my parking pass. And I was like, holy fuck. I just went from being a seventh grade dropout to getting my GED, to now being a college student. And then I committed myself. I committed myself. I had discipline for the next 12 years, 12 years to finally graduate, move my tassel over and get a master's degree in organizational management. 12 years. You know how much I sacrificed? How much of my life, my first marriage uh, compromised out of that. I wound up getting divorced after five years of marriage, my first marriage. I plan to. Um, and so it, it compromised a lot of things. I missed out on a lot of parties. I missed out on a lot of things, but I kept my head down and I kept discipline and I kept saying, what can I learn tomorrow? What can I learn tomorrow? How can I grow tomorrow? And after I got my bachelor's degree, degree, I was like, good, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with school. I don't have to do this anymore. But then I thought, did I sign up to be mediocre? Did I sign up to be average? Did I sign up to be just like everybody else? Just good enough? No, no, I did not go through all this shit in my life to just be good enough. To just be, eh, okay, I did it. Huh, I guess what else? I said, no. And I was out of school for about six months and I was bored to death. And I thought, I want to be a master's. I want to have a master's degree so I can say I was a homeless guy who got a master's degree. That's that's That was my vision. That was my commitment. It was like, let me go do this. So again, I sucked at school. I was afraid to say anything. I had no self-confidence. And now I'm going for a master's degree in organizational management. And the day I graduated was the same year I bought my first house. And when I bought my first house, I was scared to death. It was like, oh my God, I can't do this. My boss said, again, this is, this is their theme here. I had to take her belief. I had to take her belief that I could do it. And I did it. 
I ate macaroni and cheese. I ate soup. I ate SpaghettiOs. Sometimes I didn't pay my electric bill because I didn't had to put gas in my car to make it to work to get my paycheck to pay the electric bill. Some days I didn't go to work because I didn't have gas. And so I waited to get my paycheck to get gas. I did all those things. I used to write checks to float stuff. I did whatever it took to get wherever I needed to go. That discipline, that, that perseverance, that resiliency every single day and every single way, what can I do? How can I keep moving forward? And when you do that, it's pretty crazy how after time you can actually achieve so much in your life. Um, you know, it was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, let's see. That was number three, number four. One of the things, what's up? We got some people in the house. We got, oh, Robert saying, amen. What's up? Got Scott Goya in the house. Scott and I just had a great uh, call. I'm a part of his, uh, his, uh, his academy, coaching academy. Uh, we got Patricia in the house. I was just talking about you, sister. She says, blessing to you, Christopher, and all those you impact just back from a meeting. Missed the first part, but I will listen in. Hey, Scott. Hi, Robert. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah, Patricia's been helping me out. I, I, Patricia, I did share with everybody about my little situation. I'm not posting it on social media, but I did share everybody at the beginning of the broadcast what I'm going through and letting people know that I'm not exactly on my best uh, game right now, but I'm glad it's just you and us today. So I was honest that I'm not feeling so great, <clears throat> but we continue on. We continue on. Uh, Robert says here, you signed up to be you. Yes. And Robert, you signed up to be you. Like I was telling you the other day, blah, you got to keep going. Because this is what leverage is for you. Leverage uh, others' faith for, is for you to learn how to believe in yourself. Amen, brother. Amen. So let's go. Uh, number four, I let people go who didn't serve my greater purpose. Old friends, um, even my sister, I think I've told the story on the show many times. Uh, my sister, when she was 16 years old, when I was nine years old, this is in the book as well. Uh, she came to me and she said, baby brother, I can't take mom anymore. So I'm leaving and I'm going to go live with my dad. I was nine years old. I didn't know my biological father. Um, at that point I lost her and you know, just the abandonment issues and everything else in my life. I reunited with my sister back in 2005 and, uh, I was so excited. I was so excited to get the family back together. All I ever wanted was a family and lo and behold, long story short, you'll read about it in the book. Uh, I had to wish her well. So, and part of my success has been at the point where you have to realize that people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. That, that alone, take that, take that and everything else I said, we could say goodnight. This has been the Rollins Script show. We could stop at 25 minutes. You have to let people go. I've been, I've had best friends that I've had to let go because we're just not on the same page anymore. And that's okay. People come into your life for a particular reason, season or a lifetime in order for you to sit there and go back to what I said earlier. What am I supposed to be learning from this situation? And also having boundaries. Most people don't have boundaries and that's why we take on so much shit from everybody else. And we carry that around. Oh, I got to do this for this person. I got to do this from this person. Oh, I have to do this for this person. Da, 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 da. When do you do anything for yourself? If you're doing everything for all these other people, you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this for these people? Why am I trying to get their validation? Am I trying to get their acceptance? Am I trying to get their love? What am I trying to do? And so by which my old best friend from back in the eighties, we had parties and he's one of the guys I moved out of the motel with into the, the apartment when I left the motel and I finally started getting my shit together. We had a great time. We had lots of parties. We got kicked out of Van Halen concerts, all sorts of shit, but he wanted to resurrect the friendship. And I'm like, no, dude, we've had so many different things happen over the world. Literally. I, I sat there and I thought about it. And I'm like, I've already given him a couple of chances. And I thought, well, you know, what, what could it hurt? You know, I'll, I'll reunite with them. You know, it's be good to live, relive old stories. And I stopped. I'm like, what am I going to get out of this relationship? He's very political. He's very opinionated. He's very angry. He's very, this, he's very, that I'm like, do I really want to be around that toxic type of situation? Really? What am I going to get out of it? We're going to relive some memories. We don't have anything else to talk about. We're not going to move forward. And so I just decided, no, I'm not going to do this. And I wrote him a very nice email. 
very nice. Hey, Robert, we've had some awesome times. Remember this time we would talk about music, man. I just wish you the best, you know, raise your family, have a great time. I wish you nothing but the best. And I felt kind of guilty for doing it. I hit send five minutes later, my answer came back as to whether or not I made the right choice to wish him. Well, it came back and it said, okay, I'll take you out of my phone. Okay. I wish you well. I'll see you later. Every, every once in a while, that dickhead still comes on my YouTube and types in, you know, bullshit. Oh, what's this guy doing? He's still coming after me 30 years later. I don't even, I can't even fucking do the math. Wish people well. If they're not serving your greater growth, your greater good, let them go, right? You got to have boundaries. What's in the best interest for me? In the best interest for me, right? You're like the five people you're around the most. Write them down on a piece of paper. I dare you. Write them down on a piece of paper, the people you're around the most. And are they positive or negative? Do they tell you to go after your dreams or do they tell you to play it safe? Oh, I'm thinking about, you know, starting a real estate company. That's a stupid idea. You should stay in your job. You should stay safe, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, you need people around you like, that's a great idea. What are you going to do? What do you think your challenges are going to be? What obstacles do you need to overcome? Who's going to be your mentor? What's going to go on? How, what's, what's your training going to be like? You need people around you that are going to push you because God's honest truth. You're, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't have the right people in my life like Patricia, like my, my coach, Sally, like Scott, like Lee, like all the be different beautiful people in my life are saying, Chris. You got to keep going. You got to be you. You got to be even more you. Scott and I were having this conversation. It goes, be you. Like I have this whole thing called, are you fucking serious that I've never even publicly talked about. That's the real me. <laughs> Guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to bring it out. I'm going to bring it out. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'll talk about that later, but again, you just got to be you and you got to have the right people in your life. Let them go. Number five, I have listened to my gut. I've listened to my whisper uh, so many times over what was going on in my head, because this is the monkey brain. This is all the ah, negativity, fear, blah, blah, blah. If you take a step back, all that minutia, all that shit going on here, that's not you. That's not you. That's your brain. That's your, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, Maslow's hierarchy needs. I need a little, just what would life feel like if I just let that shit go? And I just sat there and said, you know what? Whatever's going on in my life, what can I learn from it? How can I grow from it? What am I going to move on? What can I learn from today and continue moving on? I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, two books that I highly recommend, highly recommend that have helped me, The Surrender Experiment and The Untethered Soul, both by Michael Singer. Amazing, amazing books that I still listen to and read every day. I could pick up that book and look at any page and it'll speak to me. So when you think about that, for me, listening to my gut, listening to my intuition has helped me so much. Make the right decisions, leaving corporate, getting divorced, letting people go, making decisions to go into business, whatever it might be, Listen to your whisper. Listen to that gut instinct that tells you what to do because the monkey brain, when you sit there and read those books, you can realize that's just minutia. That's chaos. That You're not that person. You have to step aside from that and really listen to who you are at your soul level. That's deep. I know it is, but go research it, study it, read those two books. It will change your perspective about everything else. Number six, always be learning and growing. Always be learning and growing. When I had no money, zero money, couldn't buy a book, couldn't, you know, before the internet, guess what I did? I would go have lunch. I'd go get 99 cent hamburger and, and a Coke and I'd go to Barnes and Noble and I would sit there for six hours and I'd read a personal development book for free. I would just go there and I would say, I'll be one of those people sitting on the floor or sitting in a little coffee area. I would go there and I would go pick up and I would sit there right down the page number that I was walking and I would go back there every afternoon and I would read the same book. Always be learning YouTube videos today. Now, Jesus Christ, you guys can learn anything. Every answer that is possibly available is right here. Now you have chat, you have chat GPT, you have AI. There is no reason for you not to go after the answers that you need to answer the questions you have in your brain to move forward. It's bullshit. 
I mean, it's, it's so fucking ludicrous. And people, oh, I've got financial issues. I got relationship issues. I'm like, tell me what it is that you, that you search today. And what are some of the solutions that you're going to implement? All right. Then you're fucking part of the problem. End of story. Always be learning. I've done so much. I watched so many videos and read so many books. Again, went through my master's program, all those different things, uh, seminars, always be learning. I watch YouTube videos, documentaries, always be learning because success leaves clues, right? When you think about that, if you just follow the pattern of what the steps are of successful people, if you want to be like Tony Robbins, follow those steps. If you want to be like whoever it is that you're, that you're, that you're aspiring to be, whoever your mentor is, whoever your idol is, think about that. Success leaves clues. So you got to be able to think about that. Always be learning and growing. Sure, it's great to watch Netflix and stuff like that. But what did I learn today? When you lay your hand on the pillow, what did I really learn today? And what am I going to do to apply that tomorrow? That constant improvement, again, that imperfect action every single day over and over again, will get you where you need to go. It won't be easy, but it'll be worth it. When I look back on my life, and you'll read this in the book, whew, there were so many times, so many times I could have given up. So many times I could have said, fuck this. I'm not going to do that. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck that person. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to let them treat mine. Whatever. Continuous. Continuous improvement. It's pretty crazy. Um, Robert saying, this is great advice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that, buddy. Um, Patricia says here, FYI, the crude the croutons. Is that what it says? The croutons. You, and you enjoy your life. Uh, no one else can, can eat your salad. <laughs> but you can decide what dressing you love. Always be you. Be Christopher. Be a Christopher. Be a Christopher. Thank you, Patricia. I was sitting there going, salad, croutons? I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I like croutons. They're good for you. Not really, but uh, <laughs> uh, Robert says here, he goes, I watch live streams offered by people who inspire me, and that means you, Christopher. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate you, brother. I really do. I'm glad you're still here with us, and uh, I'm glad our conversations helped. So again, keep on going because uh, we're going for 33 minutes and I've got a lot more for you. I want this to be one of the most impactful episodes that I ever do for you. So keep on listening, keep taking notes. And that brings us to number seven. I would not be here today if I was not an excellent listener and a note taker. I take notes. When people talk, I take notes. And then what I do is I take action. A lot of times we take notes. Oh man, that podcast was so inspiring. God, Christopher was off the hook. He offered like 20 different suggestions. I'm going to do them one day. Take notes, pick three from tonight, and then just really focus on those three. Give yourself the next six months and focus on those three. Really focus on those three. One of the things, again, being an excellent listener, you know, I talk about Bill White. He was my mentor. He was the guy that believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Um, he was so successful. I sat there and I thought, you know what? This guy's giving me advice. He's seeing through me, not at me. He's not seeing me for a long hair, cigarette smoking guy living in an apartment with five other guys dating his daughter. He saw me as, as a young man who had a lot of promise. And what I did was I listened. I really listened. I pay attention. I, I learned this from, um, uh, Brian, not Brian Chasey, um, Stephen Covey, right? Seek first to understand, then to be understood, but also be a very aware listener, right? There's one thing about hearing, like, oh, I can hear what's what's going on. And there's thing, this thing called selective hearing disorder, where if I say 20 words to you and you hear 10 of them, and then you're embarrassed because you weren't paying attention because your ADHD brain was going off and you sit there and go, I think I understood what it was. And then you go off and do the wrong thing. Don't do that. If you don't understand what's something going on, if you're not listening or paying attention, if you have that selective hearing disorder, stop and say, you know what? I apologize. I was not paying attention. I was thinking about what I got need to get from the supermarket. I apologize. I own that one. I'd like for you to repeat that because I really want to understand and learn what's going on here. 
that has saved so many relationships, saved so many fights and arguments and, and challenges and battles, both personally and professionally for me is just to admit it if I wasn't listening, but to pay that attention, like really look somebody in the eye and sit there and say, Hey, can you tell me more about, it? I really don't understand that. It's not being like, there is no stupid question. The only stupid question is the fact if you don't ask the question that you have, that's stupid because you should ask that question. If somebody makes you feel stupid for asking a question, then again, you don't need those people in your life. But the reason why I'm here today is because people say, hey, Chris, you should do this. Okay, tell me why. What, what are some of the ways that I can do that? What have been some of the outcomes for you? Ask questions. Ask questions and be a great listener. It's incredible what happens. Number eight, we kind of talked about this at the top of the show when I was sharing what's going on with me, but take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. I call it the five. Hydration, nutrition, exercise, sleep, and vitamin D. Most people don't take care of half of those any of those over COVID, I gave out a bunch of uh, free coaching sessions. And I found out I'm like, how much water do you drink? You know, that like 95% of the people that I talk about, talk to either didn't drink water, hated water or barely drank any water. And I'm like, do you realize how much of a percentage your body is of water? I'm like, Oh, something like 30%. I'm like, no, something like 75 or 80%. Do you think your brain cognition works very well? If you're dehydrated, do you think you make the best decisions when you're dehydrated? What happens when you're dehydrated? You feel like shit. What happens when you feel like shit? You go to something that makes you feel good. Usually a short-term gratification that's not very good for you because it releases your endorphin levels and makes you feel good. Oh, I get to do this. Yay. I get to ignore my little life for a second while I have this ice cream or I watch this Netflix or I buy this thing or I watch porn or fucking watch football or spend whatever it might be for you. You got to take care of yourself. The five things, hydration, nutrition, exercise, sleep, and vitamin D. Go outside, take a walk, get some sunshine on yourself. Go out there, make sure you're getting great sleep. I have an aura ring. This ring here tracks my sleep. So when I wake up in the morning, one of the first things I do is I look at that app and I'm like, how was my sleep last night? Did I get deep sleep? Did I get REM sleep? Oh, let's see. I ate before I went to sleep. So I didn't get any deep sleep. So now I feel like shit. Okay, guess what? Don't eat after nine o'clock and you'll get some deep sleep and then you'll be restored and then you'll feel better. And then you wake up and you start your day feeling great. How many times have you woke up and felt like shit and had a shitty day because you felt like shit? probably because you didn't exercise, probably because you didn't eat right, probably because you didn't have any vitamin D, whatever. You got to take care of yourself. That's the foundational principle of what I teach is making sure that you're feeling good. Right now, I don't feel so great. I'm not sure exactly why, but one of the things I've always prided myself on is since I was 18 years old, I've worked out probably five or six days a week for most of my life. Um, I've always taken vitamins, whether I could afford them or not. Um, I have had to take my take my breaks from from life and from reality to go to go have vacations with my wife or even for myself. I used to go take 10 days and go camping and not talk to anybody. You got to take care of yourself. So many people are out there are so pissed off that their life isn't what they want it to be. But when I ask them on a scale of one to 10, 10 being absolute, how well are you taking care of yourself? How well are you taking care of yourself? Eh, you know, about four or five. I'm like, okay, so who's somebody you love the most in your life? Oh my God, my son. Okay, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you love your son? A 10. I'm like, okay, so you're taking care of yourself at a four, but you'd love your kid at a 10. Okay, how much are you really giving of yourself? You're giving a four. So you're giving your son a four, or you're giving your kid a four. So when you take care of yourself, then you're in a better place to be able to be um, responsive to, your, to, to the relationships around yourself as opposed to being reactive. So you got to take care of yourself. Um, let's see, number nine. Let me know again, during this pro this conversation, if you have any questions for me about life and stuff like that, feel free, because this is a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you guys um, to uh, to make sure that we're all living in a kick-ass, unstoppable life. Uh, number nine, relationships. Like I said before, just a moment ago, seek first to understand, then to be understood. How many times have you been in a conversation where you wanted to be understood first? Well, let me just get my point across. Let me just make sure you understand me. But did you really understand that other person? 
Or did you just want to get your point across? Did you interrupt them? Basically tell them, Hey, I don't care what you have to say here. Let me tell you what I have to say. Right. It goes back to that, that listening. Be, be very aware, be very present at what's going on. People love to talk about themselves, ask them questions. Hey, tell me more about that. Where did that come from? You know, what did that make you feel like really dig into somebody and listen there, right? I got a couple of uh, little subplots for this. So relationships seek first to understand then to be understood. Number one, another thing is happy versus right. So many times we are brought up. If we're right, we're good. Oh, Christopher's right. Oh, good, good, good job. Christopher, Christopher's wrong. Bad Christopher. Don't be wrong. Christopher. We don't want to be wrong. So what are you afraid to do? You're afraid to do anything because you don't want to be wrong. So you're afraid of being right. And then the arguments just in there say, Oh, if I'm right, then I win. That's what we're taught. If you're right, you win. No happy versus right. There's been so many times in so many situations, even up to this day, mostly in social media. Now, sometimes in, in personal conversations where I could be right, I know I could be right, but what am I going to do? If I tell you basically you're wrong, what's your first immediate response? Defense. <gasps> you just made, I, I can't be wrong. I can't, I can't lose. I can't, uh, no, no, no. Cause I lose love and I lose faith and, and somebody will be disappointed in me. I'll be disappointed in myself. I have to win this. I have to win this. I know this. I have to, whatever cost is that you don't have to lie and make shit up. Sometimes you just have to be happy. And I watched my mom be right in all the situations and God's knows she was always right, but she was very unhappy and very lonely and alienated and was fired from every job, lost every relationship. Her daughter left her, her husband left her. I, by all stretch of the means, when you read this book, you're going to wonder why I didn't leave her. Uh, but again, there, you'll, you'll understand that in the book when you read it. Um, it's just doing me kid.com. Make sure. Um, so yeah, when you think about that happy versus right, the second one is speaking versus talking. When you open your mouth, it's a good idea to consider what it is that you're going to say, how you're going to say it and what the intended purpose of what it is that you're going to say. So oftentimes we just fire shit off without thinking about it. And we alienate relationships in our life. Think about what you're going to say. Is this going to add value to the conversation right now? Ask yourself that question. Is this going to add value to the conversation right now? Is this going to help this person or is this going to piss the person off? Is this going to make that person feel like shit? If your intention is making people feel like shit, that's not a good, that's not a good base foundation to be working from. You got to think about that. Um, we talked about selective hearing disorder, pay attention and listen. Um, and then also one of the things in relationships is you have to have people around you that challenge you so many times. And I've, I've been guilty of this. I was the smartest guy in the room. Guess what? It feels great, but how much progress and growth do you get if nobody's willing to bounce, bounce, push you back? I love it. What Scott does this to me all the time. It's like, Hey, I got to push back on that a little bit, Chris, or, or jock or anybody else in my life. Like, hey, I got to push back on that. I'm like, good. I'm glad I ask people to push back. Some people are scared or intimidated or don't want to do it. You need people in your life to say, Hey, let me question you on that. Why is that really important to you? You need people to push you back because that's how you grow. They say in the Bible, I think it's something like iron sharpens iron. I love that. Trust me, I'm not a big fan of the Bible necessarily. Um, if it's for you, good, no problem. Uh, I got some problems with it. Um, but making sure that I had people around myself that that pushed me, like joining a mastermind. I would have met, wouldn't have met Patricia unless I had joined a mastermind group and got around people that were brighter than smarter than me that said, hey, Chris, you can do this. You could be the no excuses coach. You can be the kick-ass guy. I was a suit and tie speaker doing everything else everybody wanted me to do be, to be successful. I thought I had to fit into their mold. And these people were brighter and beautiful and smarter than me. Like, no, Chris, the world's full of those people. You just got to be you. Like Scott said before, up in one of the comments, he goes, just be you. Robert said the same thing. Just be you. Patricia just says right here, be a Christopher. 
it's, it's, it's a resounding constant influence. But when you think about it, make sure you have those people in your life that bounce back on you and grow you and challenge you in your ideas and you will continue to grow. Number 10, number 10, never blame anyone else for my, for situations. Even my mom, I never blamed anybody. I never had animosity necessarily towards anybody. Periodic anger and resentment. Sure. Of course it's natural, but I never blamed anybody. I never blamed my mom for that situation. I was frustrated with her for the decisions she made, but I understood the fact that if I had gone through those experiences that she went through at the time she went through them in 1942, she was born as a female to parents who did not get along and they wound up divorcing when she was four years old. And her grandmother was or her mother. My grandmother was not a very nice person, was very physically verbally abusive and basically didn't let my mom have friends. So she became scholastically intelligent, but people stupid. And, and that did not serve her for her entire life. So when I look back and I said, can I have sympathy and empathy and forgiveness for her, for the person that she was, that she really didn't know any differently how to be. Yeah. Right. When you think about that, I've never blamed anyone or anything for my situations. As part of that, number 11 is forgiveness. You got to practice forgiveness in your life. Forgiveness. I had to forgive my ex-wife and my ex-best friend. I won't get into that story. I've had to forgive my mom. I've had to forgive people who betrayed me and backstabbed me both personally and professionally. Um, and ultimately I had to get to a point not to have animosity or ill will or anything else like that. I sat there and had to say, I wish you well. I think all the best in your world. And I've done that so many times. And you know what? Most times people come back and tell me to fuck off. And I'm like, no, seriously, I hope you wish you the best. I had to do that with my sister. Literally, I said, have a great life. Don't ever contact me again. And thankfully she hasn't. And I, I have no animosity, no anger. I wish it could have been different, but it wasn't. It is what it is. And I just kept moving on. So having forgiveness and having forgiveness for yourself, you know, so many times we don't talk about that, but forgiveness for yourself, whatever it is that you might've done wrong in your life or thought you did stupid or anything else, forgive yourself because you didn't know what you didn't know. And that's the whole point of this process of being alive as a human being, having this, the soul, having this human experience is to learn and to grow and to see things from a different perspective. I was just talking about this quote from Dr. Wayne Dyer. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Think about that for a second. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So when I think about forgiveness, when I was able to forgive so many different people in my life, um, so much more came back to me, so much love and, and opportunity for awesome relationships. Because if I walked around, I went, oh my God, I'm not going to trust anybody again because my ex-wife cheated on me. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to let anybody hurt me. I'm going to protect myself. Look what I'm doing. Is anybody going to want to be with a person that's doing this? Like, ah, no, I don't trust you. I don't know. What's, I don't even know you, but I'm not going to trust you. Have forgiveness, live in a land of love. You can either look through the life of lens and Scott teaches this. You can either look through the lens of love or look through the lens of fear. That is your choice. That is your choice. I tend to look through the lens of love and to realize all those different situations have happened to get me to the point where I'm at now, even to the point where my old friend, Rick, we'll talk about that for a second. Um, over 15 years, he carried the thought that I wanted to kick his ass because of what happened with my ex-wife. And so I met him at a bar one time. My ex-wife said, Hey, Rick wants to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, 15 years later, whatever, 20 years later, whatever it was, we meet at this bar. We haven't seen each other in 20 years. We make small talk. We used to be best friends. He looks at me in the eye and he goes, I know you want to kick my ass. And I started laughing. I'm like, what? So why would I meet you? I would have kicked your ass a long fucking time ago, dude. I told you that, right? He goes, no, I know you do. I know you do. And I'm like, no, honestly, he goes, you have to hate me. And I'm like, I don't hate you, Rick. I don't particularly care for you. I don't, we don't hang out anymore, but I don't hate you. And I said, you wound up with Tammy and that's the way it was supposed to work out because now I'm with Barbara. And I think at that point, 
I might've been married to her by then, or at least I was dating her for a while. I think I was married. I'm like, dude, it all worked out perfectly. You're with Tammy. That's the way it was supposed to be. We weren't supposed to be together. We were just supposed to be there for a period of time, probably for you guys to meet. And then I transitioned out. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't fun. I spent a year by myself and had to go through a lot of identity issues during that particular time. But again, through that time, I'm grateful for that because it taught me who I am because it gave me that, that period of space between being with my mom, being with Tammy, and then being out on my own as a 23 year old young man. It, it, it caused me to reflect on who I was because during my marriage, again, I wasn't being me. I was being somebody else. And so it was always Chris and Tammy, Chris and Tammy, Chris and Tammy. And then when it became just me, I was like, who, 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 who am I? I lost my sense of humor because my sense, my sarcasm, oh, you, people don't think that's funny and da, 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 you shouldn't do that. So I had to be quiet. And was like, okay. I had to deal with her insecurities and everything else. Once I was out of my own, I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm never going to do that again. I'm just going to always be me. If you'd like me, great. If not, no, no problem. No problem. I know I'm not from everybody. So that, 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 that realization to have that forgiveness and to wish people well has been astronomical in my life so many times in business and personal. I could tell you story after story after story of betrayal, being fucked over, being lied to. And literally in the last three years, I probably had 10 pretty great business opportunities, relationships to make a lot of money. All of them went south. Every single one of them. Am I bitter about it? No, I'm glad they went south because that wasn't what was supposed to happen. What's supposed to happen will happen because it's everything right now is preparing me for that. Even this little cardiovascular little thing, little whatever it is, even downstairs, I was talking to my wife and my, my mother-in-law. I'm like, this is, this is happening for me to teach me a lesson. I'm kind of excited to see what the lesson is. What is what's going to come out of this? right? I know I'm going to still be here. I'm not, I know that's not out of, out of the question. Something is happening and I need to choose to learn from this experience. Number 12, look at the time. Holy shit. You better speed up. I got only got, well, I got 15. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, let us see. Uh, Robert says here, if blame was a spice, it would be useful to use in something you no longer wanted to eat as it turns into regret. I'm the stomach. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to trouble, trouble formulating my words today. Uh, Patricia says here, through our moments of karma, who, by the way, Patricia wrote the karmic alibi. Uh, it's on my bookshelf and I've read it. Uh, through our moments of karma, including your mother, our lives bring us lessons. You have shown such courage and compassion. When we let go of attachment, we thrive. We will always learn from one another. Yes, I believe that. Yes, 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 Patricia. Um, Scott, go love now. Yes, go love now, baby. He's finally doing something with that again. I keep having to tell him like, fuck, when are you going to do something with go love now? You got it on your little banner and you never do anything with it. So yes, uh, Robert says here, amen again. Boom. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I hope you guys are dropping bombs because this or, or, or taking notes because this is this is really, really good stuff. This is all going to be a part, by the way, I'm going to be doing, I'm not one to do classes and workshops and, and group coaching programs and things of, that, things of that nature. I've always just been a one-on-one -on -one coach, but at the request of so many people coming up, I'm going to be offering a dirt cheap two-hour workshop. It's going to be $27. It's going to be two hours. I'm going to be posting the link here in the, in the chat here uh, after the show. I think I might've done it already. Um, yeah, I've actually, here we go. Um, again, I'm not the greatest salesman. Let my words speak for this, but if you want to click on this, I'm going to now be offering what I call a dirt stupid cheap uh, opportunity to work with me for 27 bucks for two hours. It's going to be a lot of based on what's on here uh, and so much more. And also because I, people have asked me about that, these cute little things, woo you can actually buy these. Um, I know I do a poor job of posting that, but if you'd like to purchase those, there you go as well. So a lot of this is going to be contained in the workshop. 
And then I'm also going to be, I am currently working on a six week program where you can join me. It's not a six month coaching program like I've offered before. It's gonna be a six week little workshop class where we're gonna dig deep into some of these things where you're gonna have applicable exercises to do on a weekly basis with me for six weeks, six to eight weeks. I'm not sure exactly the duration. So um, if you're interested in that, send me a message, let me know because I'll take care of you on the price and everything like that because you watch the show and because you show up. So let's see, where are we at? Um, number 12, took risks. Oh my God, have I taken risks in my life? So many times we're scared to take a risk. Oh, I, what if I fail? What if this? What if it doesn't work out? What if I succeed? Take those risks, take imperfect action every single day. There was a point in my career at when I worked in corporate where uh, my boss approached me and I was very successful in the distribution area, uh, the warehouse. I, had, I ran all the warehouses and everything. And uh, they came to me and they somebody suddenly, the manager of two other departments quit. And so my boss came up to me. She goes, what do you think about taking on the mail center and the print center? And I don't know anything about mail. I don't know anything about print, all these CY, CMYK and RGB numbers and, and Pantones and all this other stuff. I went to her and I'm like, sure, I'll do it. I took a risk because she said, if you don't, if you don't do it, then, you know, chances are you might have to get fired or we might have to demote you. And I'm like, I went in with there again with the belief that if I've learned as much as I've learned already, there's no reason why I can't learn anymore. And so what I did is I took that risk and I took on the mail center and I took on the print center, even at the um, displeasing displeasure. I don't know. I can't think of the word, um, at the chagrin of her bosses. Like, I don't think Chris can handle that. that's a lot for him to manage all the different areas of the warehouse, plus the print center, plus the mail center. And when she told me that I'm like, Oh, it's on. And I spent the next two years busting my ass, learning from vendors, going online, going to, 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 to conventions and things of that nature. I made those, those departments so much more successful. I made the print center become a revenue center. Um, so much more than that. I took chances. I've taken chances all throughout my life. I took a chance when I left corporate in November, 2019, super comfortable making six figures, had a corner office, had six weeks of vacation, had every other Friday off, had amazing benefits, knew my job. I was, in, I was comfortably miserable. So I took a risk and said, you know what, when are you going to go do your coaching and your speaking and your, in your books and your podcasts all for permanently full-time? November, 2019, I was invited to leave and I said, thank you very much. I'm not going to go back to corporate. And I'm going to do this right now. That's a big risk for me being somebody who has come from a, a, a long history of scarcity and like, what's good. Where's the, where's the next thing going to come from? That was horribly, uh, scary. And it's still at times is scary, but guess what? Do you want to be living life or do you want to be existing in life? I ain't existing. I didn't come here to exist. I came here to live, baby. I came here to live full throttle and to go after those things. You got to take risks. You have to take risks. There's a, there's a video out there, Steve Harvey jump. I'll put it in the notes after this. If you go Google it, it's like a minute and 30 seconds. In that video, he talks about the fact that so many times we see everybody else, all those people are happy. There's, they're buying this. They're happy in their job. They're happy in their relationship. They're going on vacation. Well, guess what? They jumped. They jumped. And guess what? Their parachute didn't open right away. The backs got scraped up. They got scared and everything else. But eventually the parachute opened. And that's why you see them doing the things that they're doing. They took that risk to be able to get where they're at. They started that business. They mortgaged their house. They went into their 401k. They did whatever they had to do to jump. And guess what? You will never get whatever it is that you want if you don't jump. If you stay on the sidelines, hoping, wishing, and praying that someday you're going to go for it, you're going to wind up with a life of regrets. And that's why most of my social media posts say no regrets because you should go live life today. You should go take chances today. Take that imperfect action every single day. Uh, number 13, I have made sure to enjoy the process along the way and make it fun. You got to have fun. Sarcasm, wit, humor, taking vacations, doing stuff, doing it with the right people. 
if your life doesn't have fun in it, then you need to get a different life and you need to go out there and be a kid. One of the best blessings I've ever had in my life is becoming a dad at 48 years old and realizing the seriousness of life and all the egoic things that we go for and the validation and everything. Sure, it's great, but you got to have fun, be playful, be a kid, be adventurous, be curious about your life, right? We're told it as a kid, like, stop being, stop daydreaming, get your head out of the clouds. You got to be realistic, go to get a job, have a family, get a mortgage, go to college, send your kids to college. One day you can retire. It's all crap. Live your life right now and have a blast doing it. I have a blast doing my life. And the last thing I want to talk about, which is something you guys have heard me talk about a lot, but I'm saving this one for last. One of the most important reasons why I'm still here and I'm still focused is I have a big why. Like when you have a big why, you find your how. You find your how. In 2008, I was at a funeral sitting in the back of the church. They were, as for one of my coworkers who passed away from cancer, God bless her, she fought her ass off. She fought her ass off. And I was there and person after person in her department were going up there and giving eulogies. And I was like, wow, what an amazing life she lived, right? I didn't know half the stuff that she did, but man, I was thinking, I want to be remembered that way. I want to have my best friend up there blubbering my, his face off when I die. But I thought if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? Think about that for a second. If you died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? Are you proud of that? Well, back in 2008, I thought 10 or 15 people would show up and they bring cases of Miller Genuine Draft, bottles of Jack Daniels, uh, Bon Jovi records, uh, Motley Crue records and stuff like that. And be like, oh, remember that stupid thing Chris did? Remember that stupid thing Chris did? Remember when he did that? Remember when he did that? Oh yeah, he was a former homo seventh grade dropout who changed the world. I didn't want the postscript of my life to be that little thing and have everything else be about the, the stupid shit that I did to make people laugh or have fun or at my own stupid expense. I wanted to be remembered differently. So I went home and I wrote my eulogy. And when I read it back to myself, I had tears running down my face when I got to the part that said, Christopher Roush will have fought for what's right and what's fair, and he will have risked for which that mattered, and he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. And the God's honest truth, like I started the show talking about my little cardiac situation, if I die tomorrow, God forbid, and I don't see it happening, I've lived that life. If this is the last thing I ever do, I have been on point. And so when you have a clear why, you have a clear how, and you know that whenever your time comes up, so be it. You've lived your life. You've gone out there and you've had fun. You've made those relationships. You've taken those risks. You've lived all in purpose, all in passion, all intentionally to become the best person, the best possible soul that you can be so that we return to wherever it is that we came from. We can take those lessons with us and help other people throughout their journey. So have your why. Write your eulogy. And every single day when you wake up, cite it. Say what you're grateful for when you wake up. Set the intention for the day. Remember your why. And as you're going through the day, make sure you're living congruently to that and you will live a kick-ass life. That's why I'm sitting here today. That's God's honest truth. I could go on and on and on. When you guys get the book, it's just you and me kid.com. Can't, I mean, can't, can't, can't say it so many different times, but um, if, uh, where's the damn thing at? I am sorry. I am really fried right now. Um, yeah, there it is. There you go for you visually people. Um, when you read this book, it's going to be out this fall. When you go to that web, when you go to the website, you guys could put your name and your address in there, your email address, you'll get on the priority distribution list. And then when the book comes out, you're going to go buy it and you're going to leave a review and you're going to help me make it a number one bestseller. And I'm going to take care of you. There's a bunch of bonuses that you're going to get for doing that with me. So go there, make sure you sign up again. We've got the workshop coming up. Um, if you're interested in that, that's going to be September 9th. I think I put the, the quote in here. I put it in here somewhere. It's in the links, um, it's somewhere around here. Uh, yeah. Well, if not, I'll just put it again, but, um, yeah, guys like the conversation. I hope so. All from the heart, my heart to your guys. We're in this together, right? When you think about that, the, one of the, one of the best things you can also do for yourself is, is listen to the way you talk to yourself. 
If you put yourself down, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so this, I'm so that. Stop it. Put a rubber band around your wrist. I did this years ago. Snap it when you catch yourself talking negatively about yourself and say, you know what? That's not true. I don't always screw things up. I have a lot of success in my life. And then focus on the successes. Stop focusing on the failures. And I promise you that imperfect action every single day, having that clear vision of who it is that you're going to be, letting go of the, of the past situations and all the blame, not being worried about what the future is and living present in the moment and congruent to who you are and what your values are and having your boundaries. It's inconceivable what you can do. The world is your oyster. You just have to go out there and get it, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why I'm here. That's why I love you guys. And that's why this is the end of the show. I love you. I love you. I love you. FYI, the croutons and enjoy your life. No one else can eat your... Oh, I think we already went that one. Um, yes, yes, yes. You guys are so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if I'm If I'm alive, I will be there. Yes, you will. So I love and appreciate you guys. Go check out the workshop. Sign up for that Saturday, September 9th. I love you guys. This is the Raw and Scripted Show. Go out there, be beautiful. Mwah! I love you guys. I'll see you here on the next broadcast. Next week, who do we have coming up? Who do we have coming up next week? Chris, who do we have coming up? We have we have an amazing guest. We'll just say it's amazing. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go rest. I love you guys. Peace. We're on and scripted.